This is a podcast of the Church of Indian Lake. Well, good morning. I want to invite you to take your Bibles and let's go to Mark chapter 4. We're on a journey through the book of Mark, and instead of having like a 40-week series, I'm kind of breaking it up between Sundays and Wednesdays. So the next couple of weeks we'll be in Mark 4, and then we'll do something else. Uh, Not that we would ever lose interest in the Word of God, but I just know variety is the spice of life, they say. That's not a word from God or anything. That's just a saying. Uh, But I love to go straight through the Scripture just to see what God wants to say. And so today is a very simple message. We're going to talk about the parable of soils. It's a simple message, but you know, what makes the word of God powerful is not something complicated you hear. It's something simple that you apply. Some of you have wondered why you're not growing spiritually. And you wonder why you haven't been able to gain some spiritual momentum in your life. This parable today is going to speak to you very, very clearly. And God's going to show you that. Before we read the scripture, I do want to talk to you a little bit about something that happens to me every other Sunday night. Every other Sunday night, we're getting ready for 242, and there's two distinct emotions that I feel. The first one happens around 4.30, around 4.30 p.m. I have this emotion that says, I wish tonight was not 242 group. Because on Sunday afternoon, you just kind of get settled in. And you're comfortable and the thought of getting back out of the house, it can sometimes feel like you would prefer to have an open night. But here's the second emotion that I feel every single time. By the end of the evening, around 7.30 or 7.45, I feel so fulfilled and so happy that I invested in relationships with my friends at church and with my relationship with God. Every single time, it's a satisfying experience. To be in community with those God has called me to be in community with. So I hope you participate tonight. The Meisner group won't take place uh, because um, they're, they're ill, so that's not going to be able to happen tonight. But all the other groups are open. Grab a brochure and let's grow in community with one another. Mark chapter 4. Start with verse 1. Reading out the New International Version. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. And the crowd that gathered gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. Note there, I think that's interesting. I I had a relative one time who who was trying to convince me that that Jesus preached really loud and screamed and did this all the time like preachers sometimes do. And then I brought him to the scripture and said, no, he sat in a boat while everybody else stood. So we'll try that sometime. Maybe I could sit and you stand. Yeah, okay. Or I could sit, sit in the baptistry. Well, that won't work either. Okay. Verse 2. He taught them many things by parables. And in his teaching said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still others fell on good soil. It came up grew and produced a crop 
multiplying 30, 60, or even 100 times. Then Jesus said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let's go down to verse 13. Picking up the interpretation, it says, Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth and desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop 30, 60, or even a hundred times what was sown. In a few minutes, we're going to have water baptisms. And for those of you who are either your child is going to participate or you're going to participate, I don't want you to worry. I'm going to give you clear instructions on how to prepare for that. The end of that scripture talks about a good soil, the kind that produces. That's the goal is God wants your life to be fruitful. God wants your life to be production productive. God wants you to produce the right kind of fruit. Earlier this summer, I was on vacation with my extended family. And we went to a musical that was in an amphitheater. I found the whole experience just to be delightful. I loved it. Uh, I hadn't, had only been to you know, a few musicals in my life. Uh, I thought it was charming. It was fun. The whole experience was great. And as we were going to the car and I was walking with some of the adults, we were starting to debrief a little bit. And I just assumed everyone would have the same interpretation that I did. My wife, Beth, who led worship today... She's a performing arts major, and she's been in lots of musicals throughout college and in her early 20s. And so her response was just a little less enthusiastic. She said they did good, but they didn't quite meet my expectations. Another one of the adults there, they said, you know, it was so humid, and the bugs were so bad. I just couldn't concentrate. Here it was, the same performance the same atmosphere, the same time, but people had a very different response. And of course, since I'm telling the story, I had the right response, right? (laughs) Everyone responds differently, and that's exactly what Jesus was saying about the parable when he was very clear about the Word of God. Now, we don't know exactly who the farmer is. Is it Jesus? Is it a preacher or, or a synagogue leader or whatever the case is? He's not clear about that, but he is very clear about this, is the seed is the Word and the Word of God, and the message of Jesus. And how it comes to you, and how you respond, it can, the same data, all of us can respond differently. And that's why it's so important that you check your heart, and that's what I want you to do today. I want to make sure that your heart's ready for everything God wants to share with you. God has something to share with you. Not just in this sermon, but every day. He is wanting you to grow, and some of us don't realize that we're not ready to receive everything God has for us. You know, some people did not even receive from this parable. About a third of Jesus' teachings were known as parables. 
And what they were is they were parallel stories. The word parable means to cast alongside. And so Jesus would give this story, and casting alongside the story was something with deeper meaning. That's why he said, he who has ears to hear, let them hear what God's saying. The interesting thing about parables is that a lot of people didn't get it. A lot of people just thought, here's this man sitting in a boat telling a story. But for those who had ears to hear and were led by the Holy Spirit, they were able to hear what God's saying. You see, some of you have already tuned me out this morning, and you think this message isn't for you. Maybe you are familiar with the story. Maybe you're sleepy. Maybe you're just disinterested. And already, already, you're missing out how God wants to speak to you right now. Because he's telling you something, and the amazing thing about the Holy Spirit is this, is I can give a message with the Holy Spirit speaking to each one of you. There's something he says, because the power in the message is not in the messenger. It's in the Word, and the Word wants to speak to you. The Word wants to show you something right now. So Jesus casts this message, this story, this this parable, and it had a parallel meaning. For the people who heard it the first time, this was very easy to understand because in the day that this was given the first century palestine culture they would plant the seed excuse me they would cast the seed and then they would plow the ground for us we do it differently Uh, if you've ever done any type of farming or had done even the very basic gardening we know that we dig a hole we put the seed in we cover it up with dirt In this story, what they would do is they would cast the seed and they would just cast an abundance of seed. So it really didn't matter. You know, the goal was to get it in good soil, but if some of it fell on the road or if some of it fell in thorny places, it wasn't a big deal because they were going to cast all the seed and then come back along and plow it and see what would produce fruit. So when Jesus told the story, more than likely... All around that day and that week, there were people and farmers that were just walking along with these big bags of seed. They were just throwing seed everywhere. And so as he's telling the story, people are having visuals of seed being thrown, thrown all around, waiting to be fruitful. One place I really have enjoyed going to over the years is to Lincoln's birthplace and his boyhood home in Kentucky. They have a replica of a log cabin, and not far from there, there's another uh, home that's also a replica of where he spent his years as a toddler. And when I was there uh, pretty recently, the park ranger was explaining to us, there was a wood floor there, and so I said, are these original floors? And and he said, no, Uh, why are you laughing at me? Sorry, my wife, she's mocking me. I have a sermon you need to listen to. If you weren't here, I did a sermon on mockery and that whole deal. So they had, I said, are these original floors? The park ranger said, no, they're dirt floors. And he went on to explain that, that the frontier people, when they expanded west and they put up these log cabins, they would just use dirt floors. But within a few weeks, the floors would become so compact and so hard that you could literally sweep a dirt floor. I mean, it was, it was as hard as... Uh, any type of wood surface that we would have right now. 
And that's exactly what Jesus was talking about when he talked about the first pathway where the seed goes. And if you're taking notes just to help organize it, the first thing we, we want to point out is the uh, rocky, excuse me, that's not rocky, the road. All the dirt roads when it wasn't raining became so compact and so hard, there was no way for the seed to penetrate. And so the birds would come and they would take away the seed. And Jesus is saying very clearly, for some of us, not just the first century people, but for some of us sitting in this room, your heart is as hard towards the things of God as the highway 386 that's just right outside. And when the seed comes along the road, there's no way it's going to go deep enough to produce the type of fruit God wants you to have. You are completely unaffected by the things of God. The Word of God, the presence of Jesus. You get to a place, and it can happen to any of us, it can happen to me, where our hearts become hard to everything God wants for us. And so here it is. We are in desperate need of encouragement. And God is daily sending encouragement our way. But our hearts are so hard We can't even receive the encouragement God's sending our way. We are in desperate need of friendship. But we're so bitter at God because friends haven't come at the time that we need them and in the package we need them that He's sending friends along our way, but our heart is so hard we can't even receive that. We hear messages over and over. We hear Christian songs. We're around Christian stuff. But our hearts are completely unaffected by it. And when that happens, then Satan has access to your life. And the enemy of your soul wants to steal everything good God has for you. He wants to take away every bit of the fruit God wants you to have. And yes, this happens to Christians too. Maybe this is even more so for Christians. That we live our lives with very hard hearts. And the type of fruit God wants us to have, we never, never get to see. If you've ever purchased land or if you've ever, I don't think we have any oil tycoons. If there are any in here, I'd like to meet you and uh, explain to you the principle of tithing. But if you're looking for minerals in the earth or if you're looking to build a building and need to go below the earth's surface, you cannot judge the value of a piece of land just with the native eye. There's really no way you can look at a piece of property and understand its value until you dig deeper in and you find what's underneath the surface. The second thing Jesus points out to you is stony ground. And when I first read this parable, I often thought of stony ground as like the the pebbles that are at playgrounds, which I believe those are of the devil. I don't know who invented those. I remember as a kid getting rocks in my shoes and in my socks, my feet getting dirty. Now we get stones in the minivan, and it's just totally impractical, impra- um, um, impractical, whatever. What word am I trying to say? I don't know. But it's, it's bad, bad stuff. This is not talking about various types of stones like that. What Jesus is talking about when he talks about stony ground, he's talking about large layer, a large layer of rock. That's just below the surface. So from the native eye, the soil looks good. But if you dig down deeper, you hit rock. 
and you're shallow. And I just want to say this. We live among a shallow culture. And we're shallow people. You can figure that out by looking at how we entertain ourselves. You can figure that out by listening to what the news reports. There's an incredible lack of depth within us. And here we are, we live, if we're not careful, very shallow lives. And we're living lives that aren't creating the depth God wants us to have. And God's saying this, is that there's a type of fruit that comes from me that needs roots. Some of us need roots in our life. We don't need to be shallow Christians and shallow people and just numb our minds with shallow entertainment. You see, it's very easy just to live a life that goes from People Magazine to the NFL Network to college football to just simple, shallow stuff. None of those are bad in and of themselves. But when they replace the time we need for the depth of the Lord, then we are not producing the type of fruit God wants us to have. God wants our lives to have deep roots, deep roots in Him, deep roots in community, deep roots, roots in the things of God. Because what happens is when we're shallow, and when we have a shallow version of Christianity, when adversity comes, and make no mistake, adversity comes, I mean, anyone that tells you that living a Christian life is just all easy and there's no persecution or trouble, they simply have not studied their Bible. Because persecution will come. And when it comes, you need roots. And you need depth. Some of us, we get real excited about God things and spiritual things, but it only lasts for a moment because we don't allow the roots to go deep. Our lives are just really, really shallow. And God is saying today, listen, I want to make your heart different. I want to put you on a path of growth that is different than ever before. I want the soil of your heart to be ready for every single thing that I have. Because a lot of us, we're affected. Here's the third thing I want to discuss. By thorny ground. Weeds that come up in our lives unwanted plants that come in our lives. There's a lot of things in our lives that God simply doesn't want. I have a real problem at my house because I have my backyard places where I would really like grass to grow. And it's not happening. But yet, in my, on my sidewalk and in my driveway, I have the most lush, beautiful green grass growing out of the cracks. Along the curves, it's just this beautiful, bright green grass. And Michael, till the other day, he, he put weed killer and just removed my embarrassment and killed that stuff. But why is it that when it comes to our local gardening, the stuff we want to grow doesn't grow where we want it to, but the weeds and the unwanted plants, they grow in all types of places that we don't need them. What's that in your life? What are the weeds in your life? What are the unwanted plants? There are some things that are growing in your life that's just choking out the work of the Lord. It's choking out the fruit. It can happen to any of us. It's keeping us from seeing the fruit of God's work in our lives. Listen, God desires for you to be fruitful. Fruitful with the things of the Spirit. 
fruitful with the fruit of the Spirit. He wants you to grow. He wants you to progress. And it's not as complicated as we think. It's all about submitting to Him and allowing Him to prepare our hearts and to make our hearts everything that He wants it to be. To get rid of some of the thorns and to get rid of some of the unwanted plants. To create depth in our life. To make our hearts soft and not become that hard road that hard pathway where the enemy can snatch up everything. I don't know if you've ever been to Iowa, but when I was in college, I would go there for athletic contests that I was involved with. And just recently, I went there for a funeral. It's a beautiful state. But as you drive through Iowa, Iowa, whatever, however you say it, uh, there are just miles and miles and acres and acres of corn and soybean and just all types of crops over and over and over again. You wonder, well, why is it that in Iowa there's so many farmers? Well, there's a very simple reason for that. Of all the grade A soil in America, 50% of all grade A soil is in the state of Iowa. So it's not like the farmers just said, hey, let's be a bunch of farmers here. That's a good idea. No, there's a particular reason that there's good fertile soil. And here's what happens when you have good fertile soil. I love this. It's perpetual growth. More and more growth. Seed produces more seed. More and more of the growth that God wants you to have. That's why this parable ended with this. There are some that have 30, 60, 100 times the growth. Why? Because they have good soil. Can I tell you Good ground. Your heart. God wants your heart to be good ground. He wants it to be every single thing He's designed it to be. God has a plan for your life and it's a plan for growth. It's a plan for you to go to a new place spiritually that you've ever been before. What is the, what are the things that choke out our lives? Well, the scripture's really clear about that. The love of pleasure, the love of money, worrying, Worry, which worry is a sin. All those things choke out what God wants us to have. And the Lord's saying, I want to remove those things from your life because I see in you more fruitfulness. I see in you, the Lord sees in you something greater than you can ever imagine. These are not the days to shrink back. These are not the days to retire spiritually. These are not the days to hide. These are the days to be fruitful in the house of God. These are the days where God's saying, I am taking you deeper than I've ever been. Listen, we need to thirst for the deep things of God and not be satisfied with this sense of shallowness. Shallowness in our theology, shallowness in our church involvement, shallowness in our love for God. Can I tell you, a new day is coming for you where God is saying, I am taking the roots deeper. I'm going to eliminate those things in your life that don't belong to me. The stuff that's been choking you. You know, there's some relationships. There's relationship dynamics that seem to choke your spiritual growth. There are some money problems that are choking your spiritual growth and you're constantly obsessed with money. Can I tell you, God doesn't want you to be obsessed with money. He wants you to be obsessed with Him and with His presence. If you seek His face at His right hand, His pleasures forevermore. Don't seek His hand. Seek His face. Seek everything He has for you. There is a depth. There is a fruitfulness that He's called for you. Can you stand with me? I want to pray for you today. Thank you, Jesus, 
for a new era. I want to speak over you a new era of growth in the Lord. Growth in the Lord. You know, in just a minute, we're going to have water baptisms. And one of the things we prayed for is that this would not just be a religious exercise, even for some of the children who maybe cognitively haven't even developed all of what this means, but we believe that, that God is going to mark them today. This is going to be a day that publicly they're telling Satan, they're telling their family, they're telling the world, I belong to Jesus. I'm living for him the rest of my life. I'm going to be fruitful for him. And I believe that every person that's going to be baptized in water today, that it's going to, they're going to enter a new era of fruitfulness. 30, 60 times, 100 times fruitfulness. Not because of you, but because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, what he wants to do in you. Father, I pray for my friends. And I want you to receive this, Lord. I pray that you would release upon them, God, a Lord, a new season of growth, a new era of growth. Lord, we know, Lord, this isn't complicated. And Lord, it's about submission. It's about elimination. It's about taking the things that don't belong to you out of our lives. It's about letting roots go down deep. God, we want what you want. We want to be the people you want us to be, God. And Father, we step forward into the new thing that you have for us. And we believe that's going to happen. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. I want to release at this time, if you're going to be baptized in water or your child's going to be baptized in water, I want you to move out to the communication center. Pastor David will meet you and we'll give you a chance to, to prepare for that. We'll be back here in this, just a moment or two. The rest of us, the rest of us who are waiting for our... our baptismal candidates this is time the Lord is dealing with you the Lord is dealing with you today and when the Lord begins to deal with you this is not a time to resist this is a time to submit submitted to the Lord I thank you Lord for the wisdom that you have you see God is so much wiser than us you realize that it's not an accident that you are alive in 2010 God could have had you to be alive in any generation in any year it's not an accident that you're living in the land you're living in right now. Because you could have lived in a land that didn't know the name of Jesus. But you've had ample opportunity to hear His name. And there's a purpose for that. Because there's fruitfulness. There's fruitfulness. God is not an accidental God. He's a God of destiny. And He knew who you were going to be before the foundations of the earth. And He did it because He put you in this time and this season because He has called fruitfulness in you. And He wants fruitfulness in you. Father, I pray, God, that you would just begin... Lord, to Lord to plow up the hardness in our life. Some of you that are hard to the Lord, the Lord is saying there's only one thing you can do to get rid of the hard things in your life, and that is repent. Today's a day of repentance, and He's calling you to change your mind about your sin. Don't justify it. Don't excuse it. Don't accept it. Change your mind about your sin. For some of you, your life has become very shallow. Your life doesn't have depth that it needs to have. But God's saying that today, by His loving kindness, He is calling you back to a place of new depth in Him. Some of you, some of you, there's weeds in your life. God's saying, I'm yanking them today. That's gone. Worry's gone. Love of money's gone. I'm going to yank all those things that are choking out the things of the Lord. I'm going to, call, I'm going to ask that our prayer team would come forward. This has been a Church at Indian Lake podcast. Be sure to check out IndianLakeChurch.com for all updated news and information.